to Enterprise. Lock on transporters. Beam is up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, don't beam us up. Beam me up. Energize. Hello and welcome to Pod Me Up Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I'm Ushing. And I'm Andrea. And today we are discussing the 25th and final episode of Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Shockwave Part 1. Archer blames himself when the destruction of an alien colony from Starfleet to recall the Enterprise to Earth. Andrea, I know I know your memory is really bad, <laughs> and I know that I always ask you this, <laughs> but this is a big episode. You have to have some memory of your reactions when you watch this for the first time because there are some pretty big twist moments in it right so i don't remember <laughs> uh no i i remember that well because i was binge watching it the show it felt different it doesn't feel like a finale or like a cliffhanger it feels like finally the plot is moving forward yeah so i felt like finally there's some more information and the overarching plot is going is going on. I was like, what the fuck? Daniels is here again? But yeah, I, I think my, my reaction was like, finally, we have more information. But it wasn't like this build up thing that we are experiencing now because we're going so slow on the show, talking about it, dissecting it. And really noticing that in this first season, there's only three episodes or four in total that deal with the temporal cold work. So I didn't feel like that because I just binge watched it all in a few days. Okay. What new information do we have after watching this episode? Well, oh, there's a few. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little bit of new information. I don't know. I don't. Did we watch the same episode? <laughs> You can kidnap people from their original timeline yeah, and move okay. them to another timeline and they disappear from the original timeline because they're not there anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just a yeah, little I bit. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Daniels is alive. That's another piece of information that we didn't have before. That um, is no. That is new information. I'll give you that. I, I mean, I did... I remember I was suspicious of the fact that he just combusted into a bunch of light. But, yeah. I think... I, I, I agree with you. I do think it was a really good episode. And, yeah, it was nice to see that main plot of the Temple of War addressed again. Because it has been a while. So there's two parts of this episode, really. I think we should kind of discuss them as two separate acts. Because the first 20 minutes or so... We have this really tense, dark episode where Enterprise think they, well, they have destroyed the population of an entire planet. And I really liked that. I really thought it was an interesting 
episode. And I'm not saying I was disappointed when it turned out that they... Well, I mean, they still technically have. The planet is still destroyed. Yeah. They're not to blame. The people are dead. The people are dead. 3,600 people are dead. And even though it's really bleak, I think it would have been a really interesting one-off episode if that had been something that Enterprise had done. How did you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's a different take on exploration. And also, not so, like, a different take for Star Trek, but not like in reality, because at the end of the day, all the exploration humans have done have, has caused massive damage to the ecosystem that we have gone to. So I think it would have been a very good commentary on on that if it had been Enterprise, the one that had done it. Even if it's just by mistake, I don't think they would ever do that on purpose, obviously. But many things that we do right now are not on purpose and are bad for ecosystems. And then there are things that we do on purpose, like continuing to use plastics. Mm-hmm and sending submarines to the deep ocean and rockets to space for no reason, just like personal use, and fuck up everything. And we continue doing them because it's easier to continue doing them than to think, we are not going to have a planet anymore. We're not. So uh, I think it would have been an interesting episode to have, but... I understand why they didn't, because at the end of the day, it's Star Trek. And you don't want the crew of the Enterprise to be the reason for a genocide. <laughs> yeah, probably probably not the best luck of Star Trek's people who are not only the 3,600 colonists, but also just the entire all life on that planet. So the planet right. just burns. And yeah, and that kind of brings me on to one of my points about that. Is when they're told that the mission is cancelled, the mission's been cancelled. Cancelled? From what the Admiral tells me, Ambassador Saval will use this to convince Starfleet that we need another 10 or 20 years before we try this again. 20 years? Starfleet won't buy that for a minute. Won't they? Tell him he's crazy. Tell him that's guilt talking, not Jonathan Archer. To me, and I'm sure to you as well, that was like, yeah, obviously it's candles. There's going to have to be a whole inquiry. You killed 3,600 people. But Trip is very, like, no, we should just keep going. What's going on? Why Why should we take the blame for this? Or why would why should we be punished for this? I thought it was a weird attitude to take. Even though, yeah, it may not be their direct fault or they may not have done it deliberately. You can't just accidentally wipe out 3,600 people and expect to keep going on your mission of exploration. Yeah. At the very least, you would have to come back for the investigation to continue. And once that is done, maybe continue again. Because it would have turned out that it wasn't them, right? But the investigation has to happen, obviously. What do you think about the Vulcans saying that they would have to wait 10 or 20 years to go back to space again. I think that would have been too far. I think I think you have to, you have, to have some sort of inquiry and some sort of, not necessarily punishment, but consequences for what was perceived originally to be dereliction of duty, I suppose, or a lack of um, following protocols properly. 
But I think, yeah, I think the Vulcans are being very sneaky there. See, obviously, you're not ready for this. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. What, that's what yeah. they're doing. Obviously, you're not ready, so just go back to your home planet and stay there. But I also think that, like, imagine if they had gone back and Starfleet and the Vulcans studied their systems and there's an investigation and it determines that they didn't do it. Do you think the Vulcans would have stood their ground? Because it's their shit. Enterprise is just involved. That caused it, even if it wasn't their fault. Like, they followed protocol correctly. Yeah, I don't know. Because they wouldn't have been able to find the little thing. Yeah, they wouldn't have had the technology. I don't know, because like, I'm not sure, and I don't think that the series has clarified exactly what the relationship is between the Vulcans and Starfleet. Yeah. Would Vulcans have, like, they, it would, I think it was implied that they would advise Starfleet to wait another 10 or 20 years, but I don't think the implication is that they actually have the power to stop Starfleet from sending out a new ship. Yeah. And I think Starfleet would send them out if it turned out that it was something other than the ship. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe, because obviously you want to weigh up your, the Vulcans, regardless of how you feel about whether they have actually hindered or helped Starfleet, or how much they've helped them. They have helped them to some degree, and they probably maybe would have been further behind without Vulcan assistance. So it's a question of, do you want to burn that bridge? What's the impact of ignoring or not taking into consideration that advice? Yeah. Well, I think, but the thing that I, I really, I sort of like, not like, but enjoyed or thought was interesting about the episode are those first 20 minutes was the impact of that guilt on the crew when the twist is revealed that actually that when the episode takes that twist and goes into the timey-wimey stuff with Daniels what really didn't sit well with me was when suddenly they realized they weren't responsible and the mood changed and it's like they completely forgot that 3600 people were still dead but it wasn't their fault so it was okay and it turns into a typical action episode where they have to solve, catch the bad guys and solve the mystery. Did you feel that as well? I mean, they, they still want to catch the guys because people died. Yeah. I don't think it, it was just a planet with animals and plants that no people, that they would have cared so much after they found out it wasn't them. Possibly, but there's no, there's no mention of retribution or oh we have to get justice yeah which doesn't match with what we've previously seen because as paul says when she's talking to blocks archer is guilty he's despondent he's just not himself so you would think that when you learn that actually that's someone else's fault that guilt would turn into anger but the primary emotion that they seem to feel is relief and then there isn't really much anger after that, I didn't get. Maybe maybe that'll come back in Season 2, Episode 1. We'll see a bit more of that, but I feel like the plot has already moved on now again to Archer in the 31st century and how he's going to get back, which is interesting. But I'm really curious, when we get to the end of Sharkwave Part 2, is the resolution going to undo the death of those 3,600 people? And obviously you may know, so no spoilers. I imagine it will. 
But at the same time, the way the episode panned out towards the end, I wouldn't be surprised if not that they forgot about it or just kind of dealt with it in a throwaway line. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, obviously, I would feel some relief that it wasn't me, especially Reed, who was the one that was in charge of not fucking it up. Yeah. I understand if he felt relieved. But yeah, then people still died, and I think they mentioned it at, at one point, like, well, the people are still dead. But it's not like like a big emotional thing, like, oh, yeah, let's fight for justice and to see who did this and who tried to blame it on us. It's more like, oh, well. And then is when Archer gets kidnapped, time-napped for the first time. And then he's thrown into the whole temporal war. Maybe if he had had more time without knowing that it had to do with the temporal war, he would have been angrier. But he, we've talked about this before, like, what is he supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Like, he can't fight against them. So I kind of understand stepping back and being like, well, all that I can do in this instance, with the help of Daniels, is follow his orders, quote-unquote, his information and his advice and finding the thing and proving that we're not in the wrong and doing this, 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 this. And maybe that takes away from the anger. And I'm trying to justify Archer here, but I agree with you. Like, I would have been angry for them. And maybe it's because we're different. We're just better than Archer. Maybe. Because I think a good way of doing it is they have him and the Admiral, they have this discussion about they're going to have to tell the Paragon homeworld. Yeah. If they'd had that conversation with the Paragon homeworld, Archer's like, oh, I should do that myself, which is fair and pretty decent of them. Yeah. If they'd done that call after his first conversation with Daniels, that would have been a good way of inserting revenge. Look, yeah. I know it looks like we did this, but we actually have solid leads on who's responsible and we are going to find them. And then, you know, have them go off and express relief or whatever with the rest of the crew. But at least you got that out of the way and acknowledged that there is a desire to seek justice in some way. Well, maybe they do that, right? Because they change course to the planet. No, yeah, maybe they do. But I wish we'd seen it. We don't know. Yeah, that would have been a good, good timing. Better timing for them. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about that? first half of the episode before we go on to the timey-wimey stuff? No. Okay, so will we dive into the time-napping Daniels? Yes. Time-napping, I like that. I I mean, I said it. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, you coined that. Well done. <laughs> Giving you credit. So first of all, to Andre, I, I owe you an apology. You? Apologizing to me? Yeah. I'm so glad this is being recorded. Last week, you were very critical, let's say, of Archer's intelligence. And I was defensive. I was like trying to give him benefit of the doubt. This episode, Archer is anything. He's time-lapsed by that. He's met Daniels before. He knows about the Temporal War. And he knows about Daniels is trying to protect the timeline or whatever, okay? And there's this moment. Why am I here? I thought you were supposed to protect the timeline. 
Not screw with it. Then it's already been screwed with, Captain. That explosion at the Paragon Colony, it wasn't supposed to happen. Of course it wasn't. It was an accident. That's not what I mean. Are you sure? No, you're clearly talking about the timeline. How do you not get this? Yeah. And it was incredibly frustrating. And I think I do like them addressing the Temporal War, but I do feel like every time they address, or not every time, but certainly in this episode, I feel like they're doing a lot of recapping of what we already knew. So yet again, Archer has to tell Trip and to Paul, and yet again, to Paul is skeptical. And it's like, okay, but we did this last time. Yeah, we talked about it the last time that the Temporal War was mentioned, because it was also like a recap. Like we had flashbacks and everything, right? I think <laughs> maybe I made them up. I don't know. I don't think we had flashbacks, but yeah, they did cover old ground. It didn't really give. They us went back, yeah. and they were they were explaining what happened. Yeah, and. I hold the same opinion. I think it's because they wait so long between episodes regarding this topic that they have to keep explaining what happened like we were five mm. because at the time this was coming out an episode a week. Maybe if the show was like a Netflix show now and it came out all together, it would have been different because you expect people to just binge watch it together and remember what happened 25 episodes ago. but. Because it's not like that. Every time that it comes up, it's like, well, we have to make sure that at least we remind people what happened before or what this meant or how this happened or whatever the case may be. And it ends up being repetitive for the people that remember, like you. Yeah. <laughs> like you, personally. Because you're wasting that time of giving me something new and something that explains it further and something that would make the plot move on in explaining to me the same things that I already knew. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately it's because of that, because they waited too long to bring it up again, and they have to cover their bases, which I don't think works in this case, because it's a, it's a, a temporal cold war. It's not like, oh, the plot line is that T'Pol is evil, and it's easy to grasp and it's just her doing evil things it's a difficult thing to understand like the questions that you had at the beginning the party or the, the group in the future know what was going to happen and be able to fight it differently than the people in the past because it's about time and the timelines change those things are harder to explain and continue the plot line than another type of plot line so they shot themselves on the foot by spacing it out so much i think if every episode, or maybe not every, every, every episode, but if we had had this plotline more often, and like even in small things, maybe in a Russian doll kind of way, weird things keep happening, and it will be explained once we know. But like, remember in this episode when someone disappeared and appeared later, and, and, and it's not mentioned in the episode, so we would have been like, what the fuck was that? And then in another episode, remember when their uniforms weren't the colors that they used to be, and then they change again. Like, that could have been like, oh, the timeline is changing, and then they explain it later. And I think that would have been so smart. That would have been really smart. It, it might have been a bit confusing for people as well. Right. But if there was one character maybe if they had had one character who was noticing the differences to be the audience's kind of way yeah. in 
that would have been interesting because I think one of the problems comes back to what you were saying earlier is that Archer and Enterprise can't do anything to fight in this war, in this temporal war. They have no agency, they're pawns, and they're just waiting for things to happen around them, and then they're told, oh yeah, this is part of the temporal war. Whereas if, I know we've talked about other series that have dealt with changing timelines, and it's usually from the perspective are following the people who are either trying to change the timeline or trying to protect it. Whereas here we're following the people who are just in the timeline and things are being changed or protected around them and it's just not interesting. It is an interesting thing if it was done correctly. Like, I think seeing how the temporal war affects the people living would have been interesting. But for that, things need to happen. So Yeah, things need to happen more often and on a bigger scale. Right. Because we've heard of the Cabal in that other planet and I'm still unclear as to how they're tied to the Temporal War, and are they just a general, also, criminal gang that are doing... Criminal things? Criminal crime and terrorism to, like, fund the Temporal War or something? I don't know. I'm just confused about it all, and I don't know if it's that the writers are also confused about it and haven't worked it all out themselves, or if they're just really bad at conveying it. And, obviously, you can't say if you remember or not. But, yeah, it's frustrating. And then... I have questions then about the time mapping and how that works because when you're doing time travel, you need to have consistency in the rules of the time travel that you're doing. So when Archer is brought back to the past, his consciousness is moved back in time through his body and he's in his older body. So it's not like he's displaced. He asks, oh, what's happened to Archer from 10 months ago? Technically, you're in his body. We don't know what's happened to his consciousness, but that's his body. And yet at the end of the episode, Archer time travels physically to the future. And I'm like, you've got to have consistency in one set of rules. Right. Otherwise, it's just confusing. Maybe they'll set up how that happened in the future. I'll explain it. I hope they do. Because for the moment, those kind of things bother me. Yeah, so... The only thing that would make sense is if they explained that they were different things. Yeah. One is just bringing your consciousness back, and then the other one is time travel. Because you can't... Where, where is the other body? There's one body? There's always one body missing. And also, maybe it's to do with the fact the first instance is very much planned, or it's deliberately brought back in time, and... The second instance is very much unplanned, and we don't know how he arrived in the future. Because, as Daniel says, everything is now destroyed, all the time portals are gone. So, yeah, it's really curious. I'm very interested in what's going on. But it also, it doesn't feel like a cliffhanger leading into season two of four. It feels like a cliffhanger leading into season four. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's a big cliffhanger that he's in the 31st century. Everything's destroyed. Enterprise is destroyed. I don't know how you up the stakes on that, but I'm curious to see what they do or how they go about it. I have so many things that I want to tell you, but I don't want to tell you. I know. They're my main questions, and obviously we can't answer them. I'm excited to see how they're answered. And this is fun as well, because episodes one and two of season one was a two-parter that we did in one episode. We didn't treat it as a two-parter. So this is fun, because we haven't done this before. We haven't done part one and a part two, so I'm excited to see how all of our questions will be answered. Yeah. 
hopefully answered. Yeah, hopefully answered. But yeah, it did. It did bother me that I don't. It doesn't bother me that Paul still skeptical. I think that makes sense. But I think they made it clear that her skepticism was waning. I think there was definitely some doubt there. And then yeah, obviously Trip was being a golden retriever again. She just doesn't really understand things. And... I mean, I wouldn't either. Like if you can. No, but I think I, to me. I think that's one of the reasons that it frustrates me though is because. I get it. I don't need it explained to me over and over. And these people are meant to be Starfleet, you know, top engineers, top yeah. scientific minds. And I'm like, why aren't you getting this? But yeah, I kind of understand it, but also I think that's one of the reasons why I find it frustrating. But also, why is he so... Like, imagine, right, if you came back to me tomorrow and you were having a conversation with me in perfect Spanish, no accent, perfect grammar, then I would be like, what? <laughs> he didn't speak Spanish yesterday. He didn't know anything yesterday yeah. about Spanish grammar or anything. And that's literally what happened to them. And, and he didn't suspect anything. Archer started talking quantum physics and engineering and how to build this and that. And he's a pilot. Yeah. Why are you, aren't you not like, sir, is there something you need to tell me? Because T'Pol and Trip obviously know about the war. They were told. Months ago, but they were told. I don't think that is something that I will forget. If you told me months ago there is a war, a temporal cold war, I would have been like, if anything weird happens, that's the war. Yeah. So if, if my boss suddenly started speaking quantum physics to me, more advanced than Trip knows for his words, I would have been like, sir, do we need to, to have a briefing? Is there something going on? So, yeah. He's he's dumb and they could have done things so so differently and so much better, but they didn't. So we have to deal with that. It's just a shame. Um, Tangent. Something you said there. I'm curious. Because I haven't really thought about this before. You said Archer is a pilot. I think so, right? I don't know. I don't know how captains work. Presumably captains can rise from any speciality? Yeah, but I think he's a pilot. Is it said he's a pilot? Well, in the first episode, I think it's kind of mentioned. Oh. But I I was thinking that he came all the way up from being a pilot. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I made it up. Maybe I read it on a pig. Presumably it's possible for Trip to eventually get promoted to the captain, right? Right, yeah. So he could be an engineer. Yeah, but I think he, I think he's a, like, I really do think that it says somewhere that he's a pilot. Okay, no, I was just curious about that, because I hadn't really thought of it before, and I hadn't really thought about it with any captains, and now I'm, like, going all through all the captains in my head, thinking, oh, I wonder what they were before, like, what did they come up through? Yeah, so, like, like, Mayweather may be a captain one day, and he would be a pilot. Be a great captain, too. Yeah, like, anybody can be a captain. Yeah. So... I think they're my main points on the time war, the second half of this episode. Are there any questions you wanted to, I mean, you kind of know, you imagine you either know or have forgotten maybe some answers, but is there anything you're curious about going into season two? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I don't remember shit. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just excited to go through it. I'm just excited to, to see and learn and be like you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that as episodes come by, I will remember. 
but so far I don't. So, do you think after this rewatch, because we've been doing this podcast and talking about it more, do you think you will remember it more this time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So every single time that I've watched this before now, so like the three times that I've watched this, I've binge watched it. And the problem with binge watching things is that everything is together. So you forget when what happened and what episode it was. Like it's all one episode. It's just like a few hours long. <laughs> okay. So I remember things and I don't know where to place them. So I don't know if it's season two, it's season three, it's season four. The only thing that I for sure know what it is is the finale, like the show finale, the last episode. I remember. Okay. We were talking about the Sulabong and how I'm not sure about their role in all this. They're they're not very tactically adept at defending or attacking people, attacking their ship. There was twenty of them and three Starfleet officers. I feel like if three Starfleet officers invaded my ship, my first port of call would probably descend some of my 20 to, like, guard the ship that they use to invade and make sure they don't get back onto that ship. Listen, they said that they were genetically modified. They didn't say that they were intelligently modified. Yeah, we don't know if they, they are. clearly didn't genetically modify their IQ. No. Uh, do, do you have any nitpicks or trivial notes that you'd like to mention? Character beats or anything? Because I've got a few, but I don't want to just be rattling them off to you. Is there anything you want to say? No, I, as, as I said, I, I don't have many notes. <laughs> or any for this episode. And also, yeah, no, go ahead. You go You go ahead. You, you, you complain about the crew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain about the crew. Should the shuttle have been destroyed? <laughs> complain about the crew however the plot <laughs> yeah i mean i'm talking about the shuttle that destroyed the planet in a massive yeah. fireball that destroyed the planet yeah. and the atmosphere the atmosphere which the shuttle was in yeah the shuttle should have been destroyed it should have been a little bit at least damaged right a bit of smoke coming off or something that was just something that occurred to me i was like should, should they have survived also also it doesn't make sense so I agree with you. More damage. Because if the gas thing that combusted was something that could only ignite with something as hot as the plasma thing, that means that that is hot. That gas is hot. Yeah. Like, it destroyed the planet. It's hot. And I understand the ship is made to withstand that heat from the plasma. But I'm just saying, it should. It should have been damaged. Yeah. Also, they were just thrown around a little bit, which I love when Star Trek does it, because it's literally the camera just going like, and then be like, oh no. And the only thing that happened is that Trip gets a concussion. Mm. Where's the broken heads? I want to see blood. I want to see blood. Someone has... Did he he not have a bandage? But that's not... not, I'm, I'm talking about stitches okay to the brain <laughs> i feel like also if if the shuttle survived surely there were like 
some structures, I don't know, maybe made of metal that could have also survived. But I don't know, maybe maybe the explosion was hotter on the surface. Why are you trying to make sense of this? It doesn't. <laughs> okay. There's no sense to make of this. Okay, I'll move on. I'll move on to something that I like. Okay. Interesting. So when T'Pol goes to Archer to cheer him up, I put that in air quotes because he says I don't think I'd ever... You're the first Vulcan to ever try to cheer up a human. I don't think that's what she was doing. I think she was just trying to motivate him. But anyway, when she goes to his quarters to do that, he throws her the ball and she catches it. And I really like that because I think it's a, it's a callback to... I think that happened in one of the earlier episodes and she just like lets it go by her. And I think that really shows the development in their relationship and that, yeah, this has probably happened on other missions that we maybe haven't seen and she's grown accustomed to it and has learned to catch a ball. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Also, the fact that she was cheering him up, quote unquote. I just like her in this episode because she, so she knows that it wasn't me and that it wasn't that they weren't following protocol. By that time, they know, right? No, no, at that time they, they, they don't know. That's why she's trying to cheer him up. Anyway, doesn't matter when. Like, the thing is, I like when she said it. <laughs> you were very adept at listing the questionable decisions you've made. But there have been other decisions, many of them, that no one would question. I'm willing to try to convince my government of that. Are you willing to try to convince yours? I like that she's like, fuck the Vulcans and fuck Starfleet. Let's do our thing. Yeah. Because that that shows the friendship, as as you said, the friendship, the evolution of their friendship. Because I think if this was the first episode, she would have been like, we have to go back. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, we have to go back. She'd be first one on the phone to the Vulcan, being like, they need another yeah. 20 years. They killed 3,600 people. And then... My girl, Hoshi. Anyone tries to badmouth Captain Archer in front of me is going to get an earful. In any language they want. And that was even before we knew that it wasn't them. Yeah. Like, Hoshi, this is, this is me asking her to marry me officially, please. And will you? Will you marry me? May you? May you? This is a favor you're making when you do it. <laughs> May you please marry me? It's also the confidence, like, oh, I'm a prodigy, remember? I won't have a problem. I was just going to say that. Yeah, I'm a prodigy. Yeah, of course you're telling that languages. You are a prodigy. Hell yeah. Um and then my <laughs> my final note is Captain Archer's final words to Trip. Captain, this is crazy. How do you know what they're gonna Paul's do? Paul's in command now, Trip. Do whatever you can to help her. We know we know what's going on. You know the 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 meme do you need help carrying those? What? Your hands? They seem heavy. Let me hold them for you. I feel like that's yeah. what he's thinking, but with other body parts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Oh, no. My final note is that when we... Okay, so when we meet Daniels in the at the end in the 31st century, first of all, what's he wearing? I don't even remember. It's black, but it's all strings. It's it's very, it's a really strange outfit. And also his, his haircut had changed. 
Yeah, the I noticed the haircut. Definitely a bit more vocal. Definitely too much gel. Yeah, I'm curious about that though. And yeah, obviously, thirty first century. That's that's so far in the future. I know it's post everything we've got to cover so far, like the card and all that. I'm not sure if it's pre or post the time jump in Star Trek Discovery, but we shall find out eventually. I think in Discovery they said it's the furthest anybody has been in the future. So, my three main questions hmm. after this, going into season two, are are they going to undo 3600 lives? Are they going to solve the colony? Okay. When are Trip and Fall going to fall? <laughs> that I ask myself every day. <laughs> and also, I I know I feel like you remember the answer because you brought it up before, and I'm I'm I've been waiting for this. And if it turns out that we come and gone and I've missed it somehow, I'm going to be really annoyed. When are we going to get back to the squeak? I don't know if you're staring at me because you don't remember what I'm talking about, or because no, I know you what don't... you're talking about. Okay. I'm just, I, I just want to say, I even like, I thought about it this this episode while watching it. I was like, pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember. Yeah, that was in the first episode, and I remember you pointing that out. Yeah, that it will like, come back. Did you see the squeak? Did you hear that's gonna be? And I was like, okay, okay, and here we are, 25 episodes later, and yeah, nothing. like I I remember saying it when we did the first episode, but also I remember more about it. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious about those three. They're my three big questions going into to season two. I suspect obviously the Temporal War isn't going to be ended in season two, episode one, but they will somehow undo what we've seen so far. So, any other final thoughts? Not anymore. Not anymore, Twice. So, we decided early on in the podcast, at the end of each season, we should commemorate the seasons. So, we've agreed to dish out some honorary awards, right? And we've only talked about one of them before. So, the rest of them are third bride. What order do you want to do? Do you want to go... Let's do both, the, both of them, and then this, let's just do the list that we did. Okay, okay. This award was inspired by Desert Crossing. Uh, and this is a word we still have to, we we should come up with some catchier names. Maybe as the podcast progresses, we'll develop some catchier names for them. But for the moment, the award is the roughest season, hardest season. Yeah. So the the person that has gone through the worst shit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think we can all agree, it's Porthos. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy, the, he has had to live with Archer. <laughs> um, it's Trip. It's Trip. Trip gets pregnant. He almost dies a couple times. He got a concussion this episode. Got dumped. Like, he's gone through it, my man. Yeah, he really has gone through a lot of shit. Poor Trip. Poor Trip. And so then we, obviously, counterman that. The person who we think has had the the easiest <laughs> the easiest today season gone through the 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 least amount of shit i don't know how we're going to do this because we can't exactly have an outright winner if we had disagree i mean we can defend we can defend 
Yeah, oh no, we can just have our own opinions. It, it doesn't have to be a podcast favorite, but a host favorite. A host favorite, yeah, okay. So I'll, we'll do up an, an, a spreadsheet afterwards so we can keep track. Okay. So I think, who's having the easiest? I would want to say Mayweather. Interesting. Because he's not, like, he's been through stuff, right? Yeah. Because, so, Reed is off because he almost died. Yeah, I did think about Mayweather. I ruled him out because he broke a leg last season, and did, last episode, and didn't get laid. Um, and That is hard. He also, <laughs> he was, like, in detained camp. in a detainment yeah. camp. In a that is camp. true. Yeah. I had, well, I I had I also for this I had Porthos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's also not not a lie. Yeah, no, my 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 ser- I had blocks as my serious answer. I feel like blocks hasn't really had to do much. He's had to deal with some situations. Yeah, but like he hasn't been on in the thick of it. I can see that. I can see that. I feel like everyone else has gone through some sort of traumatic experience. Yeah, definitely. To Paul and Fusion, Reed nearly dying, and also just getting kidnapped. Hoshi with the in the second episode. Yeah, the dead bodies. Archer's obviously gone through a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Okay. See, that's why I said like we can defend. Yeah. If we change our minds, that's good. Yeah, because we're not gonna we're not gonna agree on all the other. Uh... No. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? So the next one, top of the list, uh, best episode, our favorite episode. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my on. I did think about these and have written down. So I I have I have Dear Doctor as my best episode. Because again, it gives us those that insight into a day in the life. It has that. Moral quandary at the center. I think it's a classic Star Trek episode. There's very little I didn't like about it. I am gonna say the Risa episode because it's so bad. You you're gonna say the Risa episode? Yeah, what? that's the because that's first of all that's the one that I remembered the most prior to watching it. Yeah, but not for good reasons. No, I said because it's so bad. But are you surprised? But. But we had an award for worst episode. <laughs> the next no, award for worst episode? no. See, that's another episode. Okay. I don't think the Rice episode is the worst. I just like it because it's bad in the same way that I like the original X Men because it's bad. So yeah, I don't know why you're surprised. I keep liking bad things. Uh, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm no, I'm surprised because. The misogyny? <laughs> no, yeah, well, that, because, yeah, the Hoshi storyline is the only storyline I feel like you had any positive thoughts on. Yeah, and she's so beautiful. I want to see more <laughs> of her. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand you. I don't understand you. Our listeners aren't going to understand you. But that's okay. Now I've You've got known me for so many years, and you don't? So many years, and I just do not understand you. Okay, so I'm going to your doctor, and you're going, you're going two days, two nights. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is your I think I know, I think I can predict this What is your pick for Worst episode? Yes I think 
you're going to pick Terranova. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But I want to hear you say it and roll your oars. Terranova. Yeah. Do you want to go over again briefly why you think it's the worst episode? Because it sucks us. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It is. It's not a good episode. It's not my worst episode, though. What's your worst? I, oh god, you see, I have two down here, and I'm, I said, I'll put them both down, and then I'll pick in the moment. Hmm. I think, I think it has to be Desert Crossing. I really, like, the more I think Ooh. about it, the more I, I don't like it. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's just boring. It's like, the most boring partnership that we know most about already, in the most boring setting, a desert. Yeah. And they just don't do anything interesting with it. They waste Clancy Brown. They waste Hoshi to fall up on the ship. It's just, yeah, it's just, I don't like it. What's the other one? What's the second option? Runner-up was Oasis. You know, the one with the holograms. Where Trip falls and has the romantic... The pregnancy? No. No. The, where the, the girl and her dad, and her dad creates all the holograms to keep her company. Oh, oh, that's bad, too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Li- live, a live uh, demonstration of just how bad her memory is. Like, that was six, four, four, six weeks ago. <laughs> that wasn't, no, that wasn't, that wasn't my best moment. Best arc. Best character arc or development. I think we have to agree on this one. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Why? Because it's the ball. Who else? Like she's she's got the most character development. We just talked about it, and also the rest don't. Archer is still Archer. Trip still Trip. Reed is still Reed. Yes, Hoshi is a little bit more secure in herself, but like, I don't know, Mayweather. Where? So it has to be the ball. Yeah, no, it does. Ball's lying <laughs> down as well. <laughs> I was I was tempted to say read just to see what how you reacted to, but I would have been like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I did consider read purely for the fact that we went from outright hating him to hate loving him in a way, like love hating him. But that's our evolution. I still dislike him. But I'm now very just much entertained by how dislikable and one note because they've just really committed to it. Yeah, but that's our evolution of how we feel about the character. The character is still the same. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think Paul has got to be the one that, yeah, she's most developed character. As we just said in this episode, there's that yeah. moment with the ball. And I think the actress is really good at conveying like the slightest hint of emotion with just, like, a glint of her eyes or the slightest raise of an eyebrow. See, we agree. We agree. We agree. It's like we're besties or something. Uh, spin-off character. So which which one-off character would you like to see a series about? Nakokovich. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see that coming. We talked about it before, and I just want to Star Trek Nakokovich. And it's just him cursing off captains of Starfleet all the time. That's what I want. 
Yeah. Okay, that's a good answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, sh- I can't believe I didn't predict that you would go with that. I I have Kav. The, the Vulcan... Oh, oh! Yeah. I would like to see a spin-off of Kav going to Earth and just kind of... And enjoying it. Yeah, just experiencing human life, kind of fished out of water, sitcom or something. That's a good answer. I would like that too. But, uh, no, I think I think Nakakovich is a good shout as well. We can do both. We can do both. Star Trek Nakakovich and Star Trek Kov. And then we have... This is where I keeping my notes came in handy from all our previous episodes. The, the line that you would want on a t-shirt. Oh, there are so many, and most of them are people's. <laughs> yeah. Well, the... One of the first things a diplomat learns is not to stick his fingers where they don't belong. And I think that's like a t-shirt that I would wear. Like, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. The one I had was... Remind me to stop trying to help people. That's a good t-shirt, too. Yeah, I Yeah. Wait, no. No, no, no. I'm changing my answer. Stinky. <laughs> you just you just want a t-shirt with stinky on it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair. Oh. Fair. <laughs> stinky is in quotes and underneath read. <laughs> and that's the whole shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lieutenant Malcolm Reed circa 21. <laughs> Uh, okay. And then, yeah, so our final awards, one of the first awards I think we decided that we would be doing. Horniest moment. The first thing that popped into my head, obviously, was the first episode lathering each Decontamination. Other. Yeah. That's exactly, that was exactly my first response. Because, I mean, we said it at the beginning, and the first episode, like, what the hell? Like, that's... You said it to me when you first watched that episode. That was the issue. Yeah, that was the first comment I think I texted you ever about Star Trek anyway. Yeah, so that is up there. But now I'm curious. There are so many horny moments. So many horny moments. <laughs> this is such a horny show. So it's is it between Trip and the Fall? Yeah. They are so horny. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not sure what you're gonna say, so I'll just go with that. The decontamination scene. I think that's hor- like I think I think it's hornier even more because it's the first episode and it's the first thing you see and it's like right there. Yeah. So the the moment that came to me afterwards is it's also very early in the season. It's episode three, I think. Something about splitting me in two. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can each pick one. I think I think both are very horny. Yeah. Because that first episode is our first exposure, pun intended, to mm-hmm. the decontamination <laughs> scene, and also our—I don't know if it's our first exposure. It's not our first exposure to those characters, but it's kind of one of our first exposures to those characters together, and. The chemistry is just off the chain. And then, what did they do? The writers, did, what did they do? Fuck it up. They they tried to put Paul and Archer together. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have such amazing chemistry. 
between the actors because not even the ca like unless they filmed that at the end but it couldn't because they were releasing it as they went so that like they couldn't like they they just filmed that and the actors have so much chemistry why are you trying to do anything bad like even in rice's episode when he's going down down to the surface and he's like i will bring you a souvenir the tension even like it's such a basic thing to say but it's layered with such flirtation and chemistry. I know. So it's just why are you wasting it on trying to make something happen that and that they wouldn't because it's the captain. If anything, and we didn't we didn't discuss at least horny moments. But the the scene where Archer and T'Pol are tied up together is undoubtedly one of the least horniest moments in TV. There's like it just it's gross. Makes me feel uncomfortable to watch it. Yeah, I don't think that is. <laughs> I'm cringing. I'm cringing. No, <laughs> it's just like it's... Uh, no. Okay, no. So yeah, there are words. We don't even have a nice, catchy name for them yet. The Star Trek Enterprise Awards. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Thank you for coming. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, finally, before we go, we want to fill the listeners in. You guys know what we're planning for next. Uh, obviously, we are going to do Enterprise Season 2. Yep. But before that, we are going to take a little mini break. Well, we're going to, we're going to do two weeks off before our next episode. Is that right? Yeah, so there is going to be a longer break for Star Trek, but there will be episodes coming. In two weeks, we will have an episode with a special, and we're going to decide what special it is now. Mm. Uh, so, but basically, Andrea and I would like to get, we'd like you to get to know us a bit better, but also we want to get to know each other. There are gaps in each other's knowledge, so we've each picked uh, four movies that are important to us and that we would like the other person to see. Uh, we have a... We are going to randomly select one of those movies. We're going to do two specials. Yep. We're going to take a month break from Star Trek and we're going to do two specials in the month of August, roughly. So yeah, I will get the random generator ready. Oh my god. I don't know. Like, we don't know. Like, we We don't know. We have no idea what's going to come up here. So there's eight movies to select from. Doing one spin. Are you ready? Yes. Green Book! We are doing Green Book. Okay, so that's a, a movie that I picked for him to watch. Um, so you can expect that. I don't know what days are in August. You can expect it two weeks after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever date this episode is released, two weeks after that. Yeah. So check your check your device, do the math yourself. And then in that episode, we'll do another spin the wheel and select the next special with you guys. And then... Two weeks after that, we will return with Star Trek Enterprises 2. And maybe some changes, because we've been talking about changes to improve 
our podcast. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so uh, that's what we're going to be doing in the next few weeks. We look forward to sharing it with you. Andrea, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Well, because it's the first finale uh, that we have gone through on this podcast, I want to thank everybody, uh, our two and a half listeners, <laughs> two and a half listeners, and everybody that tunes in. And also, I want to thank these last couple of weeks. We've got a few followers on TikTok and Instagram. So I just listen. Thank you guys. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, even if you're just there for the snippets that we post, that's good. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get you to come over <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, and I I'm excited. I'm excited to to change the pace to talk about something that is not Star Trek as well, and see what you think of. I'm I'm sure you're gonna like it. Like it. I'm not scared for that. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. So, just a just a heads up for the listeners. Also, and I are very weird when it comes to liking the the same things. It's either if he watches a film first and he likes it, it's very likely that I won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless it's Marvel <laughs> or Star Trek. So that is why we think that this is a good opportunity to get to know each other more because this far it's 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 weird like I, we don't have a set thing that is like oh you're gonna definitely like well for me it's easy <laughs> i think i'm yeah. easy i won't like anything with what's her name again Sersha. Sersha ronan <laughs> and it's not because of her it's just coincidence I I find her so pretty. Like I want to like it. <laughs> just <laughs> um, a yeah, we do, we do we do have similar tastes in some things, and then very dissimilar tastes in other things. So yeah, yeah. this will be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and yeah, thank you, thank you all for listening, for sticking with us, and yeah, we hope you come back. As I said, we won't be back next week, but we will be back in two weeks with Rainbow. You can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Scotty. And if you'd like to get in touch with any questions or feedback, please do email us at podmeupscotty at gmail.com. We are, as I said, discussing ideas amongst ourselves about what we can do in Season 2. If you do have any suggestions or anything you'd like to hear, let us know. And yeah, if you do like the show, please follow, subscribe, or rate us on your podcast app of choice. That'd be fantastic. And thank you again for listening. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Scotty, come in. Ready to beam up. Beam us up home. <laughs>